So Carly already told me that we're going to be talking about the process today, okay? So she knows what's coming because we're in Hebrews. We're continuing in Hebrews. That's where we left off last time that I preached. And so I want to give a, a review of the recent chapter of Hebrews. Because if you remember, Hebrews is all about who? It's all about Jesus. It's all about who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. And all of Hebrews has been building through chapter 9 to give us this understanding of Jesus. This understanding of the gospel. But as we got to chapter 10, it began to transition. And we began to move from this understanding of Jesus. And with this understanding of Jesus, now we're going to move towards a response. So if we understand who Jesus is and what Jesus has done, how are we going to respond? And as we began in chapter 10 and as we will continue in chapter 11, the response is faith. Is to continue by faith. And as we talk about this process from here to here, we're going to be talking about continuing by faith. And this is a word to all of us. This response to Jesus is not primarily my response. It's not your response. This is our response. This is written to the church. This is written to us collectively that because of Jesus, we have access to God. Because of Jesus, we have this new and living way that's open for us. And because of Jesus, not just you, not just me, but we have this representation, this representative before God. This is what we have. This is what we share. We have a great high priest. He is our great high priest. And so we, because we believe God's word, because we believe Jesus, because we believe the gospel, we believe what we've understood about who Jesus is and what Jesus has done, with that belief, then we would respond. And as we saw in chapter 10, verse 22 specifically, he says, let us respond by what? By drawing near to God. Because of Jesus, we're going to respond by drawing near to God. Because of who Jesus is, we're going to respond by, by holding unswervingly. We're not going to let go. We're going to grasp onto Jesus and nothing else. We're going to do that together. And then verse 24, let us respond by sharing life together. That we would walk side by side. That we would spur each other. That we would encourage each other to continue as we fight together this fight of faith. All that we do, that response is continuing by faith. We do that together as a church. Yes, you do that alone, but yes, we do that together as a church. This is written to the church. We're going to respond as a church. And the response here is collective. We're each involved, but it involves all of us. And so the last time, we received a, a serious warning. As Grace was in Peru, I was telling her this morning and catching her up. I'm like, yeah, no, that's the part of Hebrews that no one wants to preach. And 
And I, I try sometimes, after I've gone through this, I'll listen to some other sermons and, and consider what I'm saying and, and, and compare that. It's hard to find sermons on what I preached last time. It's this hard, difficult warning, a serious warning about the reality of not continuing by faith. We, we begin by faith, we have to continue by faith, and it's the reality of if we do not continue by faith. We see that in verse 26 through 31. When we deliberately keep on sinning, deliberately keep on, unrepentant, if we intentionally and repeatedly will not draw near to God, if we intentionally and repeatedly won't refuse to hold on to Jesus, if I repeatedly and intentionally will not be connected with the church and walk with you and encourage you and spur you, if I repeatedly continue to refuse to do those things, the result is our destruction. Because faith is required to finish. Faith is required to begin. Faith is required to continue. Faith is required to finish. And if we have faith, we have salvation. And that was a hard word. It was a difficult word. I didn't enjoy preaching it. And at the end of it, I felt like, I, I, I got to give you guys some encouragement when we're done with that. And I moved ahead a little bit and said, see, we're, we're not those who shrink back. We're those who are going to continue by faith. And that's exactly what the author does here as he continues on in the next verse. He finishes this warning, serious warning, and he moves from that with immediate and needed encouragement for us. That's the reality of continuing by faith, but, but be encouraged. Let, let me encourage you. Let me remind you of how you began and how you began to continue in this process. Because if we have started, we are all then somewhere in this process. If you've begun, you're in the process. None of us are finished. But if you've begun, you're somewhere in the process. And so you need encouragement to continue in that process. We need that encouragement. So let me read the passage. Chapter 10, verse 32 through 36. It says, Remember those earlier days after you'd received the light, when you endured in a great conflict full of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had a better and lasting possessions. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what He has promised. So to continue, to continue through faith, we need to remember. We need to remember the objective of our faith. What's the purpose? What's the point? What's the goal of our faith? We need to remember 
How did you continue this far? What's the way that you continued this far, right? You, we're all somewhere in the process. How did you get this far in the process? How did you already continue? Remember that way. And then third, remember the object of your faith. Okay? So we're going to look at those three things. First, the objective, the purpose, the goal of our faith. Second, we're going to spend most of our time on, so how, do we, how did we already get here? How did we begin to continue by faith? And then lastly, let's not forget, let's remember the objects of our faith. So first, the objective. The objective for the goal, you can see at the end of the passage, verse 36. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what He's promised. What has He promised? What's the goal? What? Eternity. Our salvation. Like He has promised our salvation. That's the goal of beginning this process and continuing through this process is our salvation. That's the goal. That's the aim. That's what we're moving towards. Okay? If you think you're in this process and you're going towards something different, you're in the wrong process. Because what is promised to us is this salvation. We have that salvation and we're going to fully realize and experience that salvation. It's not just a point, it's a process. And the objective of starting, the objective of continuing is to finish. Has anyone here ran a marathon? Haig has ran a marathon. <laughs> Emmanuel A. Half marathon. So Haig, did you, how far did you run? A walk towards the end. But how far did you go? 24 miles. How long is a marathon? 26 what? Point two. Did you finish? Yes. The point is, okay, whether he knew it or not, I've never met anybody who finished a marathon and doesn't know how far they went. <laughs> but you went 26.2 miles. <laughs> if Haig had gone 22 miles, would he have finished? If Haig had gone 13.1 miles like Emmanuel, would he have finished a marathon? No. No. Like the point of running a marathon, how many people do you hear say, oh, I started a marathon and ran 12 miles? I don't think we'd be letting folks know about that. Right? I, I finished a marathon. I ran a marathon. I, I completed it. 26.2 miles. Because the point of signing up, the point of training, the point of going to the race, and the point of continuing in the race, and continuing on the course, is to finish. No one starts a marathon and says, I'm going to start this marathon, but I'll never finish. It doesn't make sense. I want to show you guys this picture. 
These are the shirts you get. They don't say marathon participant. Marathon beginner. The one on the left, it says mission accomplished. 26.2. Done. Completed. The other, marathon finisher. And below it says 26.2. They don't give shirts to people who do not finish. Right? Are you going to wear a shirt that says mission accomplished? I made it 20 miles. It doesn't make sense, right? The reason to begin, the reason to continue is to finish. To be a finisher. Think about Jesus. Jesus began as an infant, as a baby. We just celebrated his, his incarnation, that he would come and he would begin this process of his life with us, his ministry to us. And he went through the process of ministry, living his life, continuing by faith through the process. And then he went to the cross. And hanging on the cross, as his arms were spread, what does the gospel say? He spoke. It's like, it, it is finished. He finished what he started. He began, he continued, and he finished. Jesus is a finisher. If he had not finished the process at the cross, there would not be a once and for all sacrifice for us. If Jesus had started and continued but never finished, then we should go home. We're wasting our time. We wouldn't have access. We wouldn't have a representative if Jesus didn't finish. All that we've learned about Jesus, if he didn't finish, what's the point? And as followers of Christ, it's not any different for us. We began and we continue to follow him through faith. So that we will finish too. You began and you're continuing because the, object, the objective of it, the goal of it, is to finish. It's the same as the race. It's a, why would you start? Why would you continue if you're not going to finish? Our job is to follow Him and be finishers. And we follow Him by faith until the finish. Not part way, not most of the way, to the finish. And to finish. We've talked about it before. In Hebrews, we're going to be with Jesus. At His side, at the right hand of the majesty on high. That's the finish. In the Holy of Holies, the heavenly Holy of Holies, that's the finish beside Jesus with the heavenly Father. With the majesty on high. That's the goal. That's what we are moving towards. That's why we began. That's why we continue. We won't get a t-shirt. 
we're going to be with him in glory. Pero vamos a estar con él en su Although I think it'd be pretty cool to have a shared meal. <laughs> we finished. We're done. We finished. Jesus, I, I got a shirt like Jesus. He finished. We finished. He brought us. He's bringing us to the finish. What's that going to be like? To be like, it's over. We continued and we're finished. We belong to those who have faith and are saved. We belong to those who finish. That's what the author has told us. That's what he's telling us. We have begun. We are continuing. And we are going to belong to those who finish. Amen? You guys don't want to finish? You want me to be finished? Like, I'm going to finish. I want y'all to finish. We are going to finish. Okay? That's the purpose. That's the goal. That's the objective. As we sit here, like, if you can't get excited about finishing, why did you begin or why are you continuing if you're not excited about finishing I have not run a marathon but I would think for 25.2 miles you know after the first mile all I would think about is finishing and I would just keep going and continue because that's the goal and we're going to walk through the finish in the holy of holies that should be pretty exciting. That should be encouraging. That's the objective of continuing by faith. Is to finish. But how do we continue? How do we continue enduring together through faith? The author encourages them to remember had they continued when they first started right if you're beyond the starting point then you're continuing then you have continued so how, how did it start how did you continue at the beginning after you received this knowledge are you continuing now in the same way as you began then remember how you started verse 32 Verse 32. Remember those earlier days. Okay? Remember your earlier days. After you had received the light. After you understood who Jesus was and what Jesus has done. And you received that. And you committed yourself to Him. And you began to follow Him. Remember those days. When your faith was fresh and it was new. When you endured in a great conflict full of suffering, you'd receive this light, you embraced the gospel, and you moved past the beginning point. And moving past that beginning point, you began to endure in this great conflict full of suffering. You remained. You were continuing. 
You kept in it over time. And, and not just that you remained in it, but you were, you were actively engaged. You were battling, okay? The, the picture that's given here is you're in the arena, okay? You stepped in, you began the process, and you're in the arena, and you don't just stand there, but you fight. You battle. You continue. And we were continuing together, battling together, fighting together for this faith. For su faith. And as we endured and as we engaged fighting and struggling together it says the fight was full of suffering and difficulty. That's what the process is described as for our salvation. That's what the scriptures say. As I was talking to Grace, she's like, but yeah, there's blessing too. Absolutely. We experience blessing. We experience joy as we walk through this process as well. There's ups and downs. Right? Life is difficult. Life, there's times of joy. But what we've done is we've, we've taken what Scripture communicates about the process and we've flipped it upside down. Because the Scripture primarily talks about the suffering and then there's times of blessing and amazing things that God does. But we believe this gospel, believe this process of salvation is mostly blessing, mostly joy, mostly good things, as long as I do what I'm supposed to do, and at times there's difficulty and suffering. If you read this book, you'll see that it's mostly, as we walk through this, as we walk through life, it's going to be difficulty and suffering. And there's also times of joy and blessing. But this passage is about the suffering. So I'm going to preach about the suffering. We'll get to the joy. But I'm going to start with the suffering. And I used to think that starting was the hardest part. I remember struggling as a, as a kid. Like, am I going to do this? Am I going to, am I going to confess Jesus and step into this? Like, this is going to be difficult. This is going to be hard. Am I going to take this step? Am I going to publicly proclaim that? I remember sitting as a kid in a pew in the church and just like my hands sweating and, and Sunday after Sunday wrestling and trying to say, will, will I take that step? Will I do that? That was hard. But it got harder after. Looking back, that was not as difficult. It's harder to continue. As I, as I think about the church, as I think about starting this church, planning this church six years ago, that first year, everybody told me, oh, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be hard to start a church, to plan a church, to begin it. Oh, it's going to, it's going to be exhausting and difficult and hard. Six years later, as I look back, it is, seems and feels more difficult to continue through the process together with y'all. It seems more difficult and harder than it was to begin. To continue and to continue and to continue. That's difficult. To endure, that's difficult. The difficulty is in continuing. 
And did you realize that? When you said, I want to follow Christ. I didn't get that. I didn't get that that would be what it was like when I had received this light, when I had received this understanding that I was going to step into a battle, a great battle full of suffering. And at this point, some of you might be thinking, well, have I suffered? And if I haven't suffered, am I in the battle? And well, have I suffered enough? Or do I need to go find some suffering so that I know I'm in the battle? And, and some of you might feel validated because, well, I haven't suffered. And some of you might feel validated, well, I've suffered a lot. I want to warn us against comparing ourselves or judging our level of suffering what it's been like for me and how that's compared to others and how that's compared to others around us because this suffering is subjective you have your experience your experience of suffering as you go through it your experience is not my exact experience there's, there's a subjectivity to it it's situational your situation is different than my situation and how you suffer and what you walk through is going to be different than what I walk through as he describes their situation here in the church like we can't recreate this situation that they went through you can't suffer in the exact same way that this congregation that these who the letter was written to were suffering you can't do it so stop comparing stop measuring stop either feeling validated or invalidated because of your perceived level of suffering let that go Jesus was resurrected Jesus comes back and Jesus is sitting with his disciples and he's speaking to Peter and he's telling Peter he's charging Peter what the ministry Peter is going to have and how Peter is going to go forward and in that he describes to Peter how he's going to suffer and Peter finishes hearing this and he's sitting with the disciples and he looks around and he sees John and he says to Jesus but what about him? and what does Jesus say? who are you to worry about him? don't compare yourself don't worry about how his suffering measures to your suffering follow me Jesus, don't compare yourself follow me what I have for you what it means for you to follow me by faith in your situation in your experience as you continue by faith it's going to be different than him that's how I've arranged it that's how I've designed it so be quiet and follow me by faith our job is not to seek or not to avoid difficulty or suffering our job is to follow Jesus and continue through faith which for all of us will include the experience of suffering. That will be an experience for each of us, but our experience 
will be different. And you may be feeling overwhelmed. This was supposed to be encouragement. And you're talking about suffering. And all we thought about is suffering. But we need to remember this. Like, we need to understand the reality of this process. That it will, in some way, form or fashion, for each of us, if we continue by faith, include difficulty and suffering if we continue by faith. And so the author goes on in more detail. Verse 33. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times you stood side by side with those who were so treated. Publicly exposed. Not privately exposed. Not uh, hiddenly exposed. We don't continue by faith in our closet, inside our house, where no one sees us. But as this is describing, part of continuing our faith is public. And our faith, how we respond to who Jesus is and what Jesus has done, is public. It's literally the picture of a spectacle. Like you're on the stage at a theater for everyone to see. Your faith. And how you continue. And you may think, well, no one sees my faith. Yes, they do. The world is watching. Others are watching. And others see how you continue by faith. If we're in the arena, it's not a backyard football game. We're at the Rose Bowl with 92,000 people watching. It's on display. It's public. People are able to watch. People are able to see. And with people able to watch and to witness as you continued by faith, if others are watching, then what's going to happen? They're going to have some things to say. They're going to respond. You'll experience insults. It's verbal disapproval. You'll experience persecution, afflictions. People will mistreat you. They'll take action against you for following Jesus and for continuing through faith. If you live and continue with a public faith, your life is different because of who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. There are so many stories in our body of people being ridiculed, words spoken against you because of your faith, not just words, but actions taken against you because of your faith. I've seen people mistreated in court, battling for their families, 
debido a decirle la verdad y creyendo en su familia al seguir en su fe y confiar en Dios hablaron verdad They were mistreated. Y fueron maltratados. They were insulted. How can you? Y fueron insultados. That's not wise. I've seen people at their jobs. He visto gente en sus trabajos. When asked, where does your joy come from? How do you continue to be joyful? And they share. Tu gozo y han compartido. And weeks later, by the corner. Y semanas luego después. They're being ridiculed. Han sido Later, to their face. Han sido Later, it's mistreatment as their Maltratado. schedules are changed. Sus and it's brought up about their joy. Will they still have their joy? Y luego, <coughs> se les ha se Can you continue bien? with joy? Van a estar con gozo? If I do this to you, ¿Vas a if I mistreat con you, gozo, si yo te I know it's been in families. Yo sé que también ha estado en familias. With those in our body who have decided to follow Jesus and be connected with the church, their very families ridicule them. Their very families cut them off. If you're going to continue by faith, we're not going to associate with you. If you're going to do that, you're not going to do that with us. That's happening in our body. I know more for myself. The harshest ridicule I've received in my life has been through the process of caring for this church. Offensive things that and awful things said awful things done if we continue by faith we'll each experience that there'll be a personal and direct experience at some point at some time in some way for each of us it's hard to hear but that's the reality and then it goes on and it's like not just you personally and directly sometimes that's going to happen but at other times you stood side by side with those who were being treated so like if it wasn't bad enough that you yourself were going to experience that personally directly then you're going to go stand side by side with others with the church who are being treated so if you are connected to this church all of that ridicule all of that mistreatment all of that persecution when that happens to the church that happens to us that's what it means to be connected and we don't think that way in our individualistic perspectives and mindsets but if I identify with you if I'm partnering with you if we're sharing the gospel and continuing together by faith when you're insulted I'm insulted when you are mistreated I'm mistreated right we understand that with family like you mess with my kids you mess with my wife you mess with me Entendemos eso de, de con nuestra familia, ¿no? Si ustedes este, se burlan de mis, de mis hijos, ustedes se están burlando de mí. Eso es más fácil de entender. If the church is a family, we're the same way. Pero si la iglesia es una familia, if es one una part suffers, si una parte sufre, 
We all suffer. Todos We're connected. Estamos We're not divided. We're connected. Somos And we experience that as we stand Entonces, side by side lado lado with others. Con los otros. You're with those people? That kind? Ese tipo? You stood beside them in court? You went with them? When they were mistreated in the apartments, you stood with them? And signed your name? When we stand beside people, we feel it. The reason we don't want to stand beside each other is because I've got enough on my own. And to stand beside you and share your ridicule and your mistreatment, like, who wants that? Like, I, as a white man born in the United States, I have no choice, nothing I can do about my citizenship. I didn't do anything for it, and I can't do anything to change it. But when ICE shows up in my neighborhood, I feel fear like I have not felt before. When I hear what was decided at a courtroom that affects my brothers and sisters, like I feel pain, like, like I haven't experienced before. Like it hurts. Why would I, as a white man born in Atlanta, fear ice? Why would that give me anxiety? We have to stand side by side. That we would, it literally says, have koinonia, have community. And these insults. And these afflictions. If you want to avoid insults and afflictions, difficulty, don't follow Jesus. If you want to avoid it, don't follow Christ. But if you want to do the will of God, and if you want to continue to continue by faith, we need to be ready and in partnership, personally ready and in partnership with the church, be ready to be mistreated. Be ready for insults and afflictions. To identify with others. But it goes beyond just identifying with, just standing beside in verse 34. He says, You suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had a better and lasting possessions. It's not a passive presence in each other's lives. 
It's not that I identify with you because I sit in a chair two miles rows away from you on Sunday mornings. It's more than that. It says that you suffered along with those in prison. In this situation, those believers that had not been in prison went into the prisons to care for those that had been in prison. And this is not a nice visit. This is a place where if they didn't come to visit them, they would die in prison. There was not regular food. There were not regular supplies. Family was required to come into the prison and care for the prisoners or the prisoners would literally rot and die. And they would go into that situation, step into that suffering, and suffer along with them to provide care for their brothers and sisters that have been persecuted to the point of imprisonment. As we think about suffering with each other, we don't suffer with each other to fix each other's problems. Our problems might get fixed. The, the difficulty may go away. It may not. But what we do, what was done here when they began, is they suffered along with those in prison. It doesn't say they came and they broke them out of prison. It says they came and they were willing to suffer along with them. You're suffering, I'm going to suffer. You're suffering, I'm going to be right here with you, suffering together with you. This is your situation. I'm going to enter into your situation, not to fix your situation, but to continue with you as you go through the situation. It's not necessarily to fix it. And if you walk with others through some of these things that I've spoken of, if you go into the systems, if you go into the court, if you go into the DMV, if you go into public assistance or healthcare or to a place of addiction and recovery, it's hard to find a fix. You think on the outside, well, that's easy. I can fix that problem. You go in and you suffer with, and you're like, there's no solution. This is difficult, or this is hard, and I don't like the way it feels. And to struggle with you, and to experience that with you, and to be by your side, that's difficult. It's difficult to go in that and suffer with. Are we willing to care for and suffer with each other in this way? Because it involves sacrifice. It costs them their property. They go into the prisons to care for them. It costs them their property. They confiscated, they took their property. Um, para estar al lado de los encarcelados. 
culturally at that time, that means they lost everything. Your property was your security. Your property was how you produced and made, had resources for your family. Your property was your inheritance and what you would pass along to your family. Your property was how you survived. It was your social security was your property and your family around you. And they go into the prisons and their livelihood, their resources were confiscated. They're taken away. Are we willing to stand beside? Are we willing to suffer along with? If it means um, we might lose some of our stuff. We might lose some of our downtime. Me time. If I suffer with my brother and sister, that's going to cost me. I mean, this is my time at the end of the day. I've worked all day to get to this time where I can stop and I can be quiet and I can read or I can watch a show. Am I even willing to give up that? Are we willing to give up our comforts to suffer with? our brother and sisters? Are we willing to rearrange our priorities to suffer with our brother and sisters? Because that's how you began. Remember? You were willing to do anything, Jesus. I'll give you my life, Jesus. I'm going to follow you, Jesus. Take all of me. Jesus. But as we continue, that gets kind of difficult and kind of hard and we start to draw back to just, well, let me take care of myself and well, if I go with others, then they're going to have difficulty and then they're going to suffer and it would just be better for me to kind of be over here and I'll continue by faith individually and privately. But even that includes some suffering and some difficulty and so maybe I just won't continue. And he's saying, remember, remember how you began. You did it joyfully. And I'm like, what? Joyfully? They joyfully accepted the taking away, the giving away of their stuff, of their resources, of their livelihood, of their security, so they could go suffer with? And I'm like, they, they joyfully did that. Now, I can imagine maybe getting excited enough to do that out of obedience. I'm going to do that out of obedience. I'm going to do that out of obligation. But to do it joyfully? To sacrifice my stuff? My life? Like, that doesn't make sense. Like, that's not natural. That's supernatural. That has to be God. Like, how would they do that? Why would they do that? Look at the reason. Because you knew, right? You, you joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. They can remain joyful, suffering with giving up their current possessions because they had better, a better possession. Uh, those things are temporary. I've got an eternal possession. When I look at those things compared to what I have, 
If I actually saw the difference, then I could have joy. What? I got Jesus, baby. Whatever we're going through, as believers, if we believe this word, no matter how difficult, okay, and I'm not saying it's easy, I'm not making light of what's hard, what's difficult, our suffering, but whatever, compared to having Jesus, if we see the difference, then, then you can be joyful. It's hard, it's difficult, but, but, but I'll, I'll joyfully let go of those things because I'm holding on to Jesus. Do we continue that way? Because there's going to be difficulty. There's going to be suffering. For all of us, and we're going to share it together. Are we going to do it joyfully? I don't want us to be caught off guard. As we continue and life is difficult. As we share life and our life is difficult. We've been taught over and over again, if something is wrong, then, then you did it. If someone has something negative to say about me, I must have done something wrong. Right? That's where my mind goes first. Oh, I've screwed up. But, but this is saying, if we continue by faith, there could be ridicule, there could be insults, there could be afflictions, there could be suffering, and we're continuing by faith. Because continuing by faith includes suffering, includes difficulty. Because Jesus is worth it. Jesus is worth it. To continue with each other through faith and respond this way, we have to, have to, have to, we have to believe that there is no greater or no longer lasting possession than Jesus and the salvation He promises. Bottom line, that's it. We have to believe that. We have to believe that to continue by faith. Because as we go through the difficulties, as we go through the suffering, as we experience the ridicule, like we have to hold on to Jesus. The objective is to finish. It's going to be difficult as we walk together, but we're holding on to this object of our faith, which is Jesus. Verse 35, do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly Reward. Again and again and again in Hebrews, when it says this word confidence, this confidence we have, it's because of who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. So we approach God. Because of who Jesus is and what Jesus has done, we're going to glory. My confidence, your confidence, our confidence is not in me, is not in you, it's in Jesus. It's in no one else, no other system, no other government, it's in Jesus. That's where our confidence has to be. We have to believe that and we have to trust Him. Jesus is the one that is bringing us to glory. 
because of who he is, because of what he's done. And as we are brought to glory, as I started at the beginning, we're following Jesus. And as I finish, let me just give you a brief picture of how Jesus continued by faith and see if it aligns with this in Hebrews. Okay? So he's told us, remember how you began, right? He described how he began. The objective is to finish and the object is Jesus. But remember how you went through the process. How did Jesus continue by faith through the process? By faith, he came from heaven to earth. And Jesus endured a great conflict full of suffering. It was a battle from beginning until end. He endured a great conflict full of suffering. By faith, he was personally and directly ridiculed and afflicted and persecuted. That's how Jesus continued by faith. By faith, he came in the flesh. He chose to come in the flesh and literally in human form, stand side by side with us to identify with us and to experience and partner completely with us in our affliction. Sounds familiar, right? By faith, He rescued us. He came into the prison and He rescued us from sin and self through suffering. Not just along with us, but for us, in our place. And by faith, He joyfully, joyfully accepted. For the joy set before Him, He endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He had a greater and a longer lasting possession. This was temporary and it did not compare to the glory to come. This is, my purpose is to finish. My purpose is to walk through this and be done. Because of the greater and eternal possession. And we are of those who through faith will finish. Because Jesus finished. And we're with Him. He's bringing us. We're following Him. He finished and He's going to bring us to the finish. And by faith, together, we're going to continue with Him. Amen? Let me pray. God, I pray that even in my own mind that I would not dismiss what's just been spoken as dramatic. It's not over dramatic. It's, it's what your word says. It's true. 
God, that's the reality of continuing through faith. God, would you give us strength? Holy Spirit, would you bring us? Jesus, would you walk with us through this process together? Or that by faith we would believe that you would make us finishers. God, I want to finish. I want us to finish. Our, my desire is for us to finish. Please, Lord. Help us with joy to endure difficulty, insults and afflictions that we would share those with each other that we would willingly suffer alongside each other and that with you Jesus we would finish Jesus make us finishers in Jesus name Amen